Today, we're gonna get into the epic battle over copywriting templates, the epic battle over copywriting templates. Now, if you're more novice, maybe this doesn't register as much with you because you're like, yes, copywriting templates, give them to me, please. I wanna make my life easier. But if you are more of a pro copywriter, I, you probably know what I mean. Many top copywriters, uh, especially in the more competitive niches like financial and health, uh, pretty much just throw templates out the window and they say, oh, you don't need those anymore. So I want to talk about that in the context of, I don't know, just all of this. So um, first things first, when we get into this, um, I, I have this, this do as I do, not as I say commandment. Do as I do, not as I say. So <laughs> most of the time when I sit down to write copy, and certainly when I've, most of the copy that I've written over the last few years for clients, I will say I have not necessarily used templates, especially on the, the first half, on the, on the pitch of the promotion. I may create and teach templates, but I don't always use them. Now that's gonna make a lot more sense in just a second in the context of everything that I'm saying in this episode, but I will say that I'm not alone. There are many copywriting teachers out there who are, uh, who are teaching templates, who are creating templates, but they do not necessarily use those templates when they sit down to write copy. So today, you know, should you or shouldn't you use those templates? Um, and what this comes down to is, is this, this language that I've heard uh, that you should become an intuitive copywriter. And most top copywriters I know have become intuitive copywriters. That is, we have this understanding of what needs to be said, in what order, in order to get someone to respond, right? How do we lay out the pitch? Well, we kind of figure it out. We figure out, okay, what's the story that we're telling? What is the sequence of beliefs that we need to create for our prospects to really resonate with our message and want to buy whatever it is that we are selling? And then we just kind of piece together the story from there and we're able to crank out copy like that. Um, now, the cool thing about this is when you do really start to get that level of intuitive understanding of what copywriting needs to do and what it needs to be, you really don't run into writer's block a lot, right? You just, you just say, like, what's my story? And you go chasing what the story is. And then when you find the story, then you just spill the story out onto the page. Um, and it works really well for top like A-list copyright. It works really well for top copywriters. But, but if you're more novice, you may find that trying to do this leads to kind of a cursed feeling that, okay, I, I, um, you know, I'm going to be an intuitive copywriter. And so I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to start writing, but you don't quite know what to say. So either you know, number one, you, you do run into those blank page blues. You, you can't figure out what the heck to write. Or if you start writing, it just comes out feeling like a jumbled mess or like it's not making sense or like you're just talking in circles or whatever. Like there's so many problems with the writing. If you are more novice, if you don't have that deep understanding uh, in order to, to structure your selling message. Now, if we can get deep for a minute here, let's talk about the work of a Nobel Prize winner in economics, Daniel Kahneman. He has this book called Thinking Fast and Slow. 
and the title, like the entire book is full. Like I, I think every copywriter should read this book. It's thick, it's difficult, it's long. It, there's a lot of scientific talk. Um, and yet it is one of the best breakdowns of all the little quirks of how our human minds work uh, that is out there that I'm aware of. Uh, it's, it's a book about uh, cognitive, cognitive shortcuts, um, heuristics, these, these shortcuts that our brains take to try and make sense of the world and make decisions and go through our daily lives. And there are all sorts of different shortcuts. Um, and, and what these are are all of the irrational ways that our mind behaves, right? One of the one of the one of the reasons that Daniel Kahneman won the Nobel Prize in economics was because he basically said, oh, rational actor in uh, people who people are rational actors with regards to their money. No, they're not. Here's all the ways that they are irrational. And so this book is about all the irrational ways that people behave. Um, and the the title references two specific, two specific um, shortcuts, um, cognitive biases, heuristics, whatever you're going to call them here, uh, two specific shortcuts that our brains take and um, and actually they're the the opposites being the path that we need to take if we are uh, if we're seeking to perform best in our life and uh, respond to the world as it is, not as our mental shortcuts make it out to be. Uh, so if we are a novice, we are subject to something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. So if you have ever encountered someone who is a complete idiot at something, and they show up acting all confident and cocky and um, and brazen and bold, and they pretend or they believe, I guess, that they are, you know, they know everything, despite a complete lack of experience. That is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Basically, our confidence in a, a particular skill set or a particular situation tends to spike as we gain the smallest amount of knowledge. And then as we get, continue to gain more knowledge, our confidence goes down quite a bit because we realize how much we don't know. And then over a very long timeline, our confidence starts to go back up. But um, in the course of learning any particular skill, someone who is brand new uh, will often be more confident than someone who has a reasonable amount of experience because of this, this, this um, mental shortcut, right? So if we are brand new to something but extremely confident, we actually benefit from slowing down our thinking, from questioning our confidence, from um, you know relying on outside resources and tools to make sure we do a good job, whereas our confidence says, oh, we can do it, we can figure it out, right? That is the curse of the intuitive novice, right? Um, that that if you try to be intuitive as a novice, you're going to get punched in the face. The other side of this is the imposter syndrome that experts tend to run into, that the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. And so you feel like an imposter, even if you are the best in your field, right? So someone starts to gain expert status and they start to question everything. They start to question themselves. They start to, um, you know, think that they are not good enough, that they're missing some important uh, equation, that, you know, somebody's going to notice that they're a fraud, etc. right? That's the imposter syndrome. 
And um, that can go on for a surprisingly long time. And, you know, some people never, no, never overcome it. Um, but the, the, the contrary um, is actually true, that the more expertise you gain, the more you benefit from speeding up. Your, your thinking will actually be more accurate when it is fast if you have a, a good amount of experience and are an expert. Your thinking will be um, less accurate and will be improved by going slow when you are more of a novice, when you do not have as much experience. So what the heck does that have to do with copywriting templates? Well, I hope that it makes a lot of sense. The truth about my first million dollar sales letters was that I actually leaned on a resource. Like I recognized that I didn't know, right? I recognized that, well, my, my first sales letters, I didn't recognize that I didn't know. And so I went through that curse of the intuitive novice that I tried to write sales copy intuitively and it didn't work very well. <laughs> it didn't resonate. It, it felt like a mess. It felt like just way too much information thrown at the prospect. It wasn't, it didn't carry them through the sales narrative or anything like that, right? But then I met Clayton Makepeace and his wife, Wendy. Wendy was handing out these, these pretty darn good copy outlines and I, or pretty darn good outline. And I still have it on my wall, um, this, this list of checklists. Um, and I decided, okay, this outline, this template was a great way to structure a sales letter. Um, and so Clayton clearly knew way more about copywriting than I did. And if I could just follow what Clayton said, my sales letter needed to do, maybe I'd be more successful. And I did, and I was, right? Because Clayton based his, uh, he based his outline on the deep structure of highly effective sales copy and persuasive messages. And he, uh, he basically laid out an outline um, that he later then gave me permission to teach. And I included it in my high velocity copywriting program, which by the way, check the first link in the description to hop on the wait list for my Black Friday special, um, Black Friday 2022. That is, uh, well, it's completely relevant to the Clayton Makepeace outline as you will figure out if you're on the wait list. But on the on that outline, um, I, I I I learned by using that outline. I learned the deep structure of effective copywriting. I used a template, and it taught me how to think like a professional copywriter. And even now, especially when I get down into the offer portion, I use something that is very similar to that initial outline. I don't necessarily go point by point from Clayton's outline and I have even adapted my own versions and I've come up with other outlines that I think do rival the Clayton Makepeace outline that I got there. Like that wasn't the only outline that Clayton used. I later learned he used different versions and I later saw him teach different versions. So it's not like there's one outline to rule them all. Um, and in fact, if you use different big idea types as I teach in my high velocity copywriting program, uh, you want to use a slightly different outline for each, but it still is a fundamental understanding of the deep structure of copy that converts. And if you try to be intuitive as a copywriter, if you try to reject this idea that you need copywriting templates as a copywriter, when you don't yet understand the deep structure that led to my first million dollar sales letters that so many other effective pieces of direct response copy have used, if you don't understand that deep structure, you are going to struggle. 
And in the context of all of this, I think about plotters versus pantsers. And this is, this is terminology from uh, fiction writing that some fiction writers, well, they sit down to write by creating the plot, by outlining what they want the story to be, by uh, taking notes on all the beats that the story needs to hit, essential scenes, essential like turning points, etc. right? They lay out the plot of what they're going to write before they start writing. Other fiction writers are what's called pantsers. They fly by the seat of their pants, right? They, they say, I'm just going to write, I'm going to write whatever story I feel. I'm going to do it intuitively. Now, what's interesting is that many of the people who are successful as pantsers, you could go back and you could map their story to effective story structures, right? They understand it. They have gained an understanding of the rules so that they can forget the rules as they write. A lot of the plotters either have that understanding and just come up with the plot, you know, beforehand, before they start to write, or, or um, they are actually just leaning on tools that are available to them to make sure they do a good job with the plot. So when they do sit down to write, it is much more effective. And I find the exact same thing is true of copywriters. Um, in fact, many of the best copywriters I know, they may call themselves intuitive copywriters, but one of the first things that they do, number one, they came up on templates. They came up learning this deep structure first before they decided to abandon it, right? Uh, at least abandon the active use of it. But um, number two, they do actually sit down and they plot out what their copy needs to say, what it needs to do. They go through um, point by point and they come up with the structure of the promotion and then they sit down to write it, right? The best copywriters I know do this. Um, and so even though they may seem like they kind of fly by the seat of their pants uh, or they may claim to be intuitive copywriters, they're still using this structure and they're probably using a pretty similar, for example, offer structure as almost every piece of long copy out there. And if you want to write better copy, if you are more novice, don't be afraid to lean on copywriting templates to really make sure that you internalize that whole rhythm and flow and the different plot points that you need to hit uh, in terms of writing effective direct response copy. Don't be afraid to learn templates, lean on templates, um, you know, gain all the knowledge you can about how other copywriters structure their selling messages so that maybe later you could be much more intuitive with it and choose to write or not write, uh, well, write from an outline or not write from an outline, use an outline or not use an outline. Um, and so my call to action to you um, is number one, how can you use this? You could leave a comment with this episode or you know, just actively think about how can you use this? How can you use this understanding to make sure that the next piece of copy that you write is effective and does the job it needs to do? Also, don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you. I do these episodes every day. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. And don't forget to claim your spot on my Black Friday 2022 waitlist. It's the first link in the description with this episode. And you, you know, sign up there and you will get first notice. You'll actually get notice I've decided two hours before anybody else um, as, as far as access to my early bird Black Friday deal. And um, there will only be 25 available at the early bird price. So that two hours could make a big difference in what you end up paying. Um, so I'm Roy Furr. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'll catch you again in tomorrow's episode. See you soon. Bye. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.